One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 34. One of the most popular episodes I've done so far on this podcast is episode five, which is an interview with Chris Emmer about using Instagram to grow your business and also do good in the world. Well, marketing is about listening to what your audience wants, and I think it's safe to say that my audience is interested in learning about Instagram. And so Chris is back, but this time with a slightly different focus on how we can set healthy boundaries with social media, get super strategic, and see more results in less time. The bonus for me is that Chris is one of my favorite business owners, and I love any chance I get to pick her clever brain. Chris is the founder of Mindful Social Co., formerly Sweaty Social, and the Mindful Social Club, a group program that helps business owners connect with the right audience on Instagram without being online 24-7. I love Chris's approach to social media so, so much. It's about providing value, being strategic, and getting more results with less mindless scrolling. In this episode, we talk about the magic question of how we can increase our results and spend less time on social media, some of the different ways that social media can be harmful, how Chris's life has changed since she's set some boundaries with social media, how you can actually change your social media behavior, Chris has a five-step process, why content buckets are important, where to find your ideal customer on Instagram, Chris walks us through a quick exercise to set up a posting schedule and themed days for Instagram stories and more. Before I air the episode, I also wanted to let you know that Chris is running a free two-day workshop December 14th and 15th that will help you create your own Instagram strategy. Head to the link in her Instagram profile to sign up at Mindful Social Co. I think you're going to get so much out of this episode. Here's our conversation. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Lauren. So excited. Your first episode is one of the most downloaded episodes of the entire podcast of all, what are we at now? 30 something episodes. So um, I, know, I feel like the people have spoken. They want they want to hear more of what you have to say. <laughs> um, we're going to have a slightly different like angle to our conversation this time. But before we do get into kind of the the bulk of the episode, for anyone who hasn't listened to the first episode or may not be familiar with you, um, can you give a quick intro to yourself? And while you're at it, will you mention the name change of your business, what it was before, what it is now, why? 
Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I was just wondering if the last time I was on here, my business had a different name. So confirmation. (laughs) Yes, yes, it did. Um, For anyone who I haven't met, my name's Chris and I run a business called Mindful Social Co. where I work with business owners to help them figure out how to show up on Instagram to connect with their perfect audience, to have organic engagement, effortless connections that lead to conversions without having to show up every single day or without having to sell their soul to the algorithm or feel like crap the whole time that they're doing it. So I love finding kind of the middle path between the people who are of the hustle, show up everyday mentality and the people who live in a world with no social media. So um, I love to find the balance where we find a way to make Instagram work for you, not just for your business, but holistically in your life. Which leads me directly to the reason for the name change. (laughs) Uh, My previous business name was Sweaty Wisdom. And Sweaty Wisdom really became my business name on accident because this is the name of a blog that I started almost a decade ago when I was making the decision to leave my corporate ad agency job and start my entrepreneurial career. (laughs) Um, At the time, I was scared out of my mind. And I had almost nobody who supported my decision. But there was something in me, this voice deep down that knew I had to make a change that I couldn't keep going down the path that I was on. And I just felt this calling the deepest and I got the clarity and the confidence to make this not not so popular decision when I was sweating my butt off in hot yoga class. So (laughs) the blog name was Sweaty Wisdom. And it was a blog that I started without telling anybody in my life I was doing it. I just wanted a creative outlet. And it sort of grew organically into a business and the name stuck. And years later, honestly, almost a decade later, I still had this name Sweaty Wisdom. And a great business name is something that's clear. It tells people what you do and what you're all about. Sweaty wisdom was cute, but it wasn't clear. So it was time for the change, even though that too was scary. Mindful social Mm -hmm. quote sums up what I do a little bit better. So I'm super proud of myself this year for having made that switch. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, I love your name change. I feel like it's so just, I knowing you both before and after the name change, I actually loved the original business name, but I feel like it's so aligned with kind of your philosophy and the work that you do. Let's dig into this a little bit. I feel like you're a bit of a, not a conundrum, an oxymoron in that you are an Instagram marketing coach and yet you are focusing on kind of helping people set boundaries and using social media less even. Um, Can you explain how this works? Like how can we both increase our results in marketing and also spend less time on social media? Mm, This is the golden question. I deep in my soul have a belief that if you are adhering to a strategy that doesn't feel good for you, either one, you are not going to stick to it and you won't stay with it for the long game to see results. Or two, you're going to burn out and feel like crap in the process. And if you feel like crap on the way to your goal. When you hit the goal, you're not that's not going to be the magic pill that cures it. So, what I have seen and found from working very closely with entrepreneurs for the past, you know, 5 to 10 years is that 
no one is talking about what's happening on the inside when we're showing up on social media every single day. And there is some really hard hitting data. There are tons of studies that show the negative impact that social media has on us. Luckily, within the past year, a lot of awareness has been shown on this through um, documentaries like The Social Dilemma. And it's just becoming a larger part of our dialogue, which I think is so important and was shocked that no one was talking about it until now. But I truly believe that um, for your business to have longevity, for your marketing strategies to have longevity, you have to feel good about them. They have to work for you or else it's going to fizzle out. I Mm -hmm. had a long period of my life before I had a kid when I was a yoga teacher at night and during the day, I worked on marketing and social media and advertising strategy. And I really felt like I led this double life where everyone in the ad and marketing world was fast paced. Go, go, go. Here's another Red Bull. Let's stay up all night. (laughs) And then I would go into the yoga studio, fly through the door, hot off the heels of a super long day at work. And I would tell everyone to breathe deeply and to connect with themselves and chant Om. And it was such a disconnect. Um, And it felt so strange to be in those two worlds at once that I found myself really craving that center point. And um, now I can look back and see that what I was craving is the viewpoint that I'm able to express now, which is the middle path where you can kind of have the best of both worlds. You can have the all the good things, all the great opportunities that can come from social media, but you can really minimize the negative impacts that it can have on your life. Mm-hmm. So personally, like since you, you talked about kind of your before picture, which is the hustle and bustle of the marketing world. And even into your business, I feel like what I've heard you say before is you didn't always have the best social media habits. Um, How has your life changed since you started implementing some boundaries and kind of a more mindful and thoughtful approach to social media? Mm -hmm. Um, In the beginning of my business, I had no balance and zero boundaries. It was just full hustle all the time. Um, It looked good on the outside, but on the inside, I was frying out. I still didn't think that there was another way. I just thought, you know, quote unquote, this is how it has to be. Uh, then I became a mother <laughs> and the <laughs> world flipped upside down. So this decision, I always felt the need for it. I don't know if I would have implemented these boundaries without being forced to by having a small child that was totally dependent on me. Um, When I became a mom, I was forced to slow down. I was forced to sit with myself, to not tie my productivity or my amount of hustle with my worth. It was really hard and it was the best lesson of my life, a lesson that I'm still learning every single day. Um, During this time, I had to get really serious about the way that I was using social media for both my business and at the time I had over a handful of social media management clients. So I wasn't just online growing my own business, but like six or seven clients' businesses as well. So Mm. I came to a point where the way that I had been showing up just simply wasn't going to fly anymore. Um, Honestly, it felt like a fork in the road where my choices were to find a different way to show up or find a different career path. And luckily, I've decided Mm. to find a different way that I could show up for my business, for my client's business, that was a more doable middle path and didn't feel so depleting. Um, They got results in the honored rest and wellness and time offline and all the things that make life so great. So now I love to help people find this way as well. I really think life's too short to spend it all online. And 
I think that more and more of us are becoming um, aware of this and realizing that we want to be efficient. We want to show up online, but we don't want it to suck our brains out of our heads every time we scroll our phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the like the negatives of so of let's say people imagine someone who doesn't have any of these like important boundaries? They just kind of like find themselves stuck in the scroll or feel, you know, waking up every day and like, what am I going to post today? And it just takes away too much of their life. And then, you know, what are, what are some of these like real negative impacts that people listening might relate to? Ooh, okay. Let me pull up a few studies here. Okay. Here are some of my favorite ones. The first one is a study from the Royal Society of Public Health showed that social media is more addictive than both cigarettes and alcohol. Hmm. I don't know about you, but part of, I don't know a lot of people who consider smoking cigarettes to be part of their job. I know probably like 90% of the people I'm friends with have social media as part of their job. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really slippery slope and something to be super aware of. I also think there's like this lag going on where we have a cultural awareness of the negative effects of cigarettes or alcohol, um, but we don't have those same negative connotations yet of social media. I think they're starting to develop and they'll get stronger, but there's this cultural lag where if you're sitting down at the Thanksgiving dinner table and you whip out your phone and check Instagram, no one's going to think that's very weird. Your mom might look at you like, where are your manners? But it's not going to cause a huge to-do like pulling out a Marlboro and lighting up a cigarette at the Thanksgiving <laughs> table would. So I think there's there's an interesting thing happening there. Another stat, I mean, there are just studies upon studies upon studies showing the declines in mental health. Um, occasional users of social media. So people, this middle path that we're talking about are almost three times less likely to be pressed, to be depressed than heavy users. Um, mm. A recent study showed that people who limited their social media use to a half hour a day had significantly lower depressive and anxiety symptoms compared to a control group, which is really interesting. Other negative effects, um, not just on our physical, not just on our mental health, but also on our physical health is poor sleep in both quality and quantity is really strongly associated with nighttime specific social media use. So we know sleep is super important. We know we feel like crap without it, but sleep gives the brain and the body a chance for rest and renewal. So disturbed sleep has been consistently associated with poorer mental health. Moreover, mm -hmm. heavy social media usage can contribute to headaches, migraines, and vision problems. So it's not just our mental health, but also our physical health. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I feel like there are two conversations I want to kind of focus on and as we kind of take this conversation forward. One is how do we do it such that we see more results from our social media strategy and planning and, and execution with less time and less of the negative impacts? That's part A. And then part B is maybe... How do you actually start spending less time? You know, like I think, as you mentioned, there's like this very addictive component to social media where you might know that maybe you shouldn't be up at like 1145 p.m. scrolling while you're laying in bed instead of trying to go to sleep or read or something else. But it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to make that change. So why don't we start with that second part of the conversation? Like, 
if you're kind of sold on this idea that social media is not maybe something you should be spending as much time as you currently are every day, what, how do we go about making a change? Mm, Good question. So if you are feeling like, I don't have the best habits, but I also don't know how to actively stop my habits or transform them. There are five steps you can take. The first step is awareness. Just figure out what the heck it is that you're actually doing, how much time you're actually spending. iPhones have a screen time feature. So you could, if you have an iPhone, just go to set. Actually, if you're listening to this right now and you're not driving and you have your phone in your hand, (laughs) go to settings and then screen time. In there, you're going to find a lot of really juicy nuggets like your daily phone time and a lot of other scary stats. (laughs) Once you're there, you can hit see all activity. There you can go more in depth and see specifics for individual apps. So you can head down to Instagram from that list and see details on your Instagram usage specifically. So check out your statistics for today and also check out your weekly average for Instagram usage. When you see these numbers, chances are they're going to be higher than what you expected. Those little check-ins really add up in a way that we don't realize. So it can be kind of eye-opening and shocking to see this number. So just be prepared that it's probably going to be higher than you expect. But having that light of awareness on it and thinking like, oh my gosh, am I really dropping three hours a day into this app can be the motivation that gets you to make a change. Mm-hmm. The next thing to do is to set some intention to it. How much time do you actually want to be spending? Um, so if you were in a dream world, how much time per day would you want to be on the app? And then it's time to test it. Is it realistic or is it not realistic? So if you are currently at, say, three hours a day on Instagram and you wish you spent just a half hour per day on there, it's probably not a great idea to switch your goal from three hours to 30 minutes overnight. You're really kind of setting yourself up for failure in that circumstance. If you want to build confidence and forward motivation, it's small steps. So you can begin by maybe 15 minutes each week, decreasing your app usage and really celebrating those wins as you begin to go, knowing that it's a process that at certain times you're going to slip up, but being patient with yourself as you start to retrain your brain, but making those smaller, more incremental steps rather than... I wanted to go cold turkey and I couldn't do it. I'm a failure. I give up. You can slowly mm-hmm. build confidence that way. Um, another thing you can do, the third step would be strategy. What's taking up all the time? What the heck are you doing while you're on there? So you can start <laughs> to break it down. Uh, maybe 50% of the time you're, re- you're scrolling and calling it research. Maybe... Uh, of the time you are commenting and engaging. And then the other part of the time, you're just cruising through hashtags, trying to think of content ideas. Try to break down the amount of time that you're actually in the app and then think, is this necessary? Where can I trim the, where can I trim the fat? Where can I plan ahead and sort of reduce the time that I'm actually in here? Once you've got those steps in place, the fourth step is to get efficient through batching content creation, having a system to get it done, to drop into your zone of genius, single task, and just write your posts all at once. Lauren, you know that I love this more than anything. Yeah. (laughs) And then the fifth step is boundaries. Um, setting up app limits and the days that you are on or off. So you can in your iPhone, again, if you're an iPhone user, you can set this up right inside your phone. 
by going to, you can set up downtime. So that's the time in the evening that you log off and in the morning that you log on. So I recommend being off your phone at least an hour, if you can, two hours before bed. And then giving yourself at least like 30 minutes to an hour in the morning to just sit with your genius brain and your beautiful thoughts before you let social media come bouncing in your brain. Weekends off can be really tough, but I think it's good to start with small steps with that. So maybe you just choose one day per week to delete the phone off your app. If you're uncomfortable deleting Instagram off your phone, you can start a folder that just says no <laughs> and <laughs> drop your social media apps in it. And then I would drag that folder all the way to the farthest right screen. So you really have to work for it. Love. And there are things like this for non-iPhone users too. Yes, there's an app called Break Free that's really good for non-iPhone users. Yeah, so good. I think something interesting that you said there that kind of gave me a little bit of an aha moment is I think sometimes we do consider like the time that we're scrolling as engagement. Um, But you have a really different approach to engagement that I really like that doesn't involve just like opening up the app scrolling through your main feed and like occasionally liking or commenting on something. Can you share about engagement sprints and how this might be like a more conscious, probably also, well, definitely more effective way to engage? Yeah, definitely. So the problem with scrolling your feed and just double tapping a post here and there is that you are only seeing the posts of people who are who you're already connected to in some way, which is great. It's awesome and important to love up on the people in your existing audience and in your existing community. But if what you're looking for is to grow your audience and you're not seeing that number go up, that might be the disconnect. So in order to grow, you have to interact with people who you don't usually interact with. So for an engagement sprint, I recommend, and again, I love a good timer because, you know, not because I am a weird timer lady, (laughs) which I am, (laughs) but because Instagram is specifically designed to get you sucked into it right? There's notifications, there's red dots, there's all these new features. And so I find that at least for me, if I don't set up a timer, 25 minutes can go by and I think it's been five minutes. So for an engagement sprint, what I do is set a stopwatch, a timer on my phone, or if you have like a little kitchen timer, you can do that for five minutes and do three five-minute segments. So for each of the five-minute segments, you are going to search for one hashtag in your target demo. The people who you want to be reaching with your content, the people who are perfect for your offer. Spend five minutes in one hashtag. You would be going through the most recent posts. Right now, most recent is disabled, but hopefully it will be back by the time this podcast comes out. From the election? Yeah, it's still disabled. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Um, So you'd search for your first hashtag and go into the most recent posts. And then for your designated five minutes, start commenting. Uh, Begin at the top with the most recent posts. You want to read the entire caption and comment in a genuine way by replying to either something directly from the caption. If they have a call to action question, you can reply to that. Or if there's not a specific question, replying to something specifically from the caption or something specific from the photo. Something that shows that you are a real human and that you paid attention to it. If you think about how good it feels when someone answers your CTA, remember that feeling because that's exactly what you're putting out there. 
Mm-hmm. The idea with your five minutes is not quantity of comments and engagement, it's quality. So if it takes you, you know, double the time to leave a high quality comment, that's worth it. When your timer goes off after five minutes, you're going to switch to another hashtag, shift gears, do the same for the next one. And then you're going to repeat that once more. So this takes 15 minutes overall, which is not a ton of time. Chances are you're probably spending more than 15 minutes right now per week on quote unquote engagement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you can do this, you know, once a week is great. Twice a week, fine too. I would say start small, see how it feels and see how your account starts to change, how your relationship with your audience starts to change doing these. So good. And I just can attest to these, like, it's a little bit for me, at least counterintuitive that spending more time and talking to less people would actually be a way you can grow your like platform and your network on social media, but it actually does work. And if you kind of think about um, being on the other end of it, like if I'm scrolling around on social media and I'm reading the comments on someone's post If someone just says like five emojis, I'm like not that interested. (laughs) But if they say something really thoughtful and interesting, I'm like, oh, like that's that's interesting. Let me go see who that is, you know? So um, I feel like a lot of this stuff with social media, if you just try to put yourself in the shoes of like, what would someone else want? You know, what would I want someone to comment on my post or respond to my story? And you kind of act that way. It's it makes things a lot easier. Like, how do I actually do this? Exactly. And it's really easy to feel overwhelmed every time a new update comes out or there's a new trend or, you know, whatever new shiny object is out in the app that week. But just like you said, Lauren, if you just put yourself in the shoes of of being someone on Instagram, what would you like on your account? How would that engagement feel to you? And then use that as your compass. Yeah. So good. Okay. So let's get into the juicy part where we talk about getting more results in less time, which I think you use the word efficiency before, which is exactly what that is. So how do we get more efficient with the time we do spend on social media? Hmm. I feel like Lauren, you're kind of the queen of this. You've gotten so mm. efficient, and you have so many accounts. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. By the way, if anyone's thinking about having four accounts, like, <laughs> not a fan. It's it just kind of had to be that way for me. But um, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but it forced you to get hyper efficient. Hmm. Well, I learned from you, and that's why I'm asking you this question. (laughs) (laughs) All efficiency starts with the non-glamorous, non-sexy stuff, which is strategy. (laughs) It's doing the foundational work. So you've got to figure out and get crystal clear on who you're trying to talk to and what you're talking to them about, on what are the topics that you repeat yourself on and your brand personality, how it is that you communicate. All of the like base layer stuff that everyone wants to skip over, that's the stuff that actually speeds up your process later on. So um, trying to like skip over the initial strategy, I think is a mistake that that will keep users mm-hmm. at a slower pace and make it more painstaking to create new content than it needs to be. So I would just 
emphasize the importance of strategy of knowing your what, your why, your how, all that stuff that seems so beginner. And even if you think you know that like the back of your hand for your account, but you haven't revisited it in a while, it might be a good time to just do a check-in and think, Mm -hmm. okay, what am I talking about here? Um, And use that as your launch pad. From there, once you're clear on who you're talking to, what you're talking to them about, how you're saying it, all those fun things... It can be really helpful and a huge time saver to set some sort of loose schedule for yourself. How buttoned up your schedule is, is going to depend on your personality type 100%. Some people love to get all their posts done two months ahead of time. Like Anna, who's in the membership community. (laughs) In our last co-working session, she finished all her posts for 2020. She was like, I'm done. I'm good until January. Oh (laughs) my gosh. (laughs) Which is nuts. So for her, that feels liberating. For me, I kind of like to be a little bit more loosey-goosey and like open to inspiration and a little bit more fluid. So for Mm -hmm. me, that would make me feel crazy. But a loose structure can be set up so that you have the benefits of planning and you Mm -hmm. also have the benefits of um, allowing a little bit of creativity. So for a loose structure for Instagram, I would recommend figuring out, first of all, how frequently you want to post to your feed. Decide it. Keep those days the same each week. Unless it's a weird week where you've got a launch in the middle of the week or Christmas is on Thursday, something like that, you can basically use this as a template to know what's going on every single week. So let's say every week I want to post on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'd like to post two times per week. And I know that on in the beginning of the week, my audience reacts really well to inspirational posts or more uh, emotionally driven, inspiring content. And then on Thursdays, I find that carousel posts or educational posts perform really well with my audience. Then I can say, okay, I can look at a calendar, mark Tuesday and Thursday. These are the days that I'm posting to my feed. More importantly, I can look at the calendar and say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't have to worry about posting. I can close Mm -hmm. out that tab. Furthermore, you can start to think about stories. So stories, I think, are something that a lot of us waste so much mental energy on. And they're tons of fun and a great place to connect, but they don't need to kill us in the process. So Mm -hmm. if we're looking at how often we're showing up on the feed, let's use this example again. So we're showing up on the feed Tuesday and Thursday. That means that we're probably going to be in the Instagram app on Tuesday and Thursday. For this example, let's say we want to show up on stories four times a week, which is totally fine, by the way. You don't need to be on stories every single day. So if we're already going to be on the app on Tuesdays and Thursdays, those are natural fits for story days. And let's say that Wednesday is the day of the week that I book all my live sessions where I do live teaching, where I meet one-to-one with clients. That day is my busy work day. So from there, I can say... Monday will be a story day and Friday will be a story day. So now I know Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, I do not have to think for one single second about posting to Instagram stories. And again, I find that the freedom comes from knowing more so the days that you aren't on than the days that you are on. Because if you never designate, these are the days that I'm offline, it's no wonder that you feel like you're on the content treadmill and like you can never catch up. So from there, we've got our days planned out for stories. You can give it even more of a loose structure. So Lauren, we kind of did this the last time we talked. Yeah. 
Let's definitely um, walk people through this. This was a very illuminating exercise that I feel like really um, like this. We did it last time we talked, which was last week. And then this week I started doing it and I was like, okay, Monday, I know what I'm doing. It took me like literally 15 minutes. And then I was, I was like, check. And then I just like, didn't have to feel, you know, the pressure of trying to create something until the next day when I already knew what I was doing. So I would love if you could walk us through that process of kind of setting themes for your stories per day. Yes. So I find that most people are feeling busy and overwhelmed on Mondays. At least I do. (laughs) On Monday, I don't have a lot of energy to dump into Instagram stories. I want to kind of get my week figured out, get my bearings, and I'm not ready to show up in a super valuable way for my audience. So rather than stressing out, trying to force something that's not going to be great content anyways, I like to designate Monday as a quote unquote community day. So Mm -hmm. on this day, from here on out, you can think of Monday as the day that you don't have to worry about creating new content whatsoever. Instead, you can take this day and it doesn't have to be Monday, whatever day you feel stressed, make it that day. From here on out, you can use that day as a day to leverage other people's voices. So what you can do is to go into your saved post on that day and select maybe three to five posts that match either in their theme, what sort of content they're about or visually. And then you can share each one of these in your stories back to back. When you share them, you want to be sure to tag out the creator's handle so that they can see them so that they get tagged in it. And you could even add some text describing what you love about the post or the account, but that's not necessary. So on Monday, you're just going to go in, head to your save post and share three of other people's posts, tag them in it. When you're doing this, you A, don't have to create anything new. It's so fast and easy to do. And B, you are, again, sending out some good karma. You're helping other people get more eyeballs on their accounts. And you are able able to leverage other people's voices. Another thing that can happen that's a great side effect is that if you tag them in the story, they can then share it to their stories, which would give Mm -hmm. your account potentially more eyeballs. So this can be an awesome way to take some work off your plate and also build community, which is such a win-win. So good. For Tuesday, so we just planned out Monday. That's our community day. So for Tuesday, we are already posting to our feed that day. So we can Mm -hmm. plan on on Tuesday sharing our feed post to stories since we're already going to be in there anyways. And then Tuesday can be a great day for doing something a little more dense, maybe an educational story sequence, like a mini training or some sort of series that is helpful to your audience or teaches them something. So that day could be a really value packed day where you are focused on giving to your audience. For this, you could go back into old posts, look at any educational posts you've created in the past year and just repurpose that content into stories. You totally do not have to reinvent the wheel here. For Mm -hmm. Thursday, you could do something interactive. Again, I'm just spitballing these off the top of my head. Yours can be whatever you want them to be. So for Thursday, that could be um, a day where you're focused on connecting with your audience to listening and having a two-way dialogue. So you could do on Thursday, maybe an ask me anything where in the morning you put up a question sticker and say, what's your number one frustration about Instagram marketing right now? Or ask me anything about building a business online. 
setting some sort of parameters around the ask me anything. And then in the evening, you could go back in, go through and respond to each of the question stickers. This is again, great for building rapport with your audience and letting them know that you aren't just there to broadcast a message. You're also listening, which is so important. This will also get your audience in the habit of being heard and having a two-way dialogue with you so that the next time you post and you have a question or a CTA in there, people won't feel so awkward about replying to it because they've already started a conversation with you. Then what else do we have? We got one more day for stories. (laughs) Friday can just be a fun day. On Friday, you could post lifestyle content. So let's say you're you're throwing your ball with your dog in the park and you want to post a cute dog boomerang, go for it. This is just kind of like the fun, relaxed day. Other ideas Mm -hmm. for a Friday could be sharing your clients' wins for the week. So just something sort of positive that also is social proof for your business. Or I always love to incorporate at least one day of the week to share your agenda or your to-do list. The reason for this is two things. Number one is that you already know what it is. You don't Mm -hmm. have to write anything new. And you're talking about what it is that you do for work without being promotional. So it reminds your audience, oh, she does one-to-one strategy sessions. Mm, I want to learn more about that without having to say link in bio, swipe up every single time. Um, The other good thing that sharing your to-do list or your agenda does is it kind of holds you accountable as well. So to recap, Monday, you could do a community share of other people's posts. Tuesday, you could do a valuable share, which is like some sort of educational story sequence, repurposing old content. Thursday is connecting with your audience, whether that's doing a live Q&A or posting a question sticker and responding to it. And then Friday, letting that be a lifestyle day, having some fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that we're just talking about this right now because earlier today, we posted on our Station 7 account like a gift box that we had wrapped up and it had a bunch of different products from different makers in it. And um, we tagged them and it just like was this pretty image of like a box that was going to be shipped as a gift to someone. And as we've been on this conversation, I've gotten like three or four of those makers like repost it and be like, Oh, it's so pretty. Someone asked me about where we got our like eco-friendly wrapping. I think it's so easy actually to engage with people if you're just thoughtful about it. Um, What we did is we, you know, we're promoting that we carry other people's products when they go to our story. When someone looks at our story, they can go tag, go visit the makers that we've tagged. But then by tagging those makers, they can also choose to like for them. It's like, oh, I get to show off that my products are carried in the store. So it's and then they're promoting us. So it's it's such a win win. Um, And obviously, we didn't do that consciously, really. We just wanted to post that photo. But Making sure that you're engaging with people is just, it's surprisingly effective if you're thoughtful about it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to take your whole life up. Like it doesn't have to be hours and hours. You can be mindful about it and um, still be able to build community, show up and engage, make people feel loved up and uh, get the job done without having to dump all your time into it. Mm-hmm. So part of using our time wisely is making sure that we're talking to the right people. How do we find these ideal customers? I feel like this is something a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, this is like the the number one hot ticket question. 
Mm-hmm. So really there are three places that you can find people on Instagram. I mean, if we're just being super zoomed out about it, you can find people through hashtags. The hashtags that they're using are a way that they are putting their content into folders and cataloging themselves. So hashtags are a great way to find people. Another way that you can find people is through geotags. So if people are checking in somewhere, whether that's an event or at a physical location, that's a way to find them that may or may not apply to your business. That Mm -hmm. doesn't apply to a lot of us right now because most of us aren't leaving the couch. Um, And then the third way to find people is through other people's accounts. So to see where your audience is hanging out, what sort of other pages do they like? Who's commenting? What sort of content are they commenting on? You can start to look at parallel accounts, accounts that have the same target audience, but a slightly different offering and uh, start to use that as a way to look for your ideal audience. And from there, really, once you've found a few people who fit the profile of the person that you are trying to connect with, you can sort of put your detective hat on and look at their behavior. What sort of hashtags are they using? Um, What are they posting about? And you can start to go a little bit deeper from there. Okay, I'm going to pick your brain on one more sort of Instagram strategy question before we transition into kind of the wrap-up questions. Um, This question is about knowing what to post. So earlier you mentioned coming up with this, like when you're strategizing, coming up with the different kind of topics of posts that you're going to do. And I know, at least when I think of the way that you teach this, I think of it in two ways. One, you have the different kinds of posts. So like humanize, educate, inspire. Um, And then the other is like, what specific content categories do you share? So for me, um, like, let's say for Station 7, we share about the makers that we carry. We share about like what we believe when it comes to small business. So the different kind of topic angles. Can you share your approach to that for anyone who's kind of thinking, okay, like I'm really bought into this, the boundaries. I'm really bought into sort of batching my content and working on things in advance, but I just don't know what to write. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the two ways that you can think about it, and I'm a very visual person. So in my head, I kind of visualize um, a chart where one axis is your content buckets and the other axis is your different post types. So different post types would be those that you just listed, educate, entertain, inspire, and humanize. So we've got those. And then on the other axis, we've got your buckets. Buckets are just a way of saying topics. So what are the three to four topics that you talk about consistently on your account? When you're all over the place, people don't remember you for anything, right? It can be hard to refer someone who talks about a different thing every single day. The accounts that are memorable are the ones that repeat themselves. They're not actually the ones that have the most creative brand new way of saying something over and over. They're the people who touch on the same topics repeatedly so that you know, uh, this is where I go to learn more about breath work and soothing the nervous system. This is the page that I go to to learn about gluten-free recipes and low FODMAP foods, things like this. Mm -hmm. So think about the three to four topics that you find yourself talking about over and over. You can know them off the top of your head. Most people do. And if you're not sure what they are, you can just brain dump a list of your highest performing posts and start to see where they group together. That can sort of serve as your guide as well. Mm -hmm. So if you know what you're talking about, those are your buckets and you know how you're saying it, which is your 
entertain, inspire, educate, whatever the purpose is. Then when you have those two components together, all you got to do is flesh out the middle part, which can be so much easier to do with a little bit of structure surrounding it. Mm-hmm. For me, one thing that's been kind of a game changer with social media is just making sure that I have some kind of prompt when I sit down to write. And then I can actually get something out. But if it's like, write a post, that's really big. And I just, I need to, I know that the way I work, and I think a lot of other people work this way, is giving direction is going to make you a lot more efficient. So I feel like this matrix you just described is saying, okay, this is going to be a post about breath work, and it's going to be an inspiring post. And like, that gives me something to go on a lot more than just an Instagram post for this account. Yes, totally. The blank page is like pouring water on the fire of creativity. I think that when you just have a little bit of structure, it can help your ideas run wild. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. It can just help your ideas come to life so much easier where you don't have to sit down and feel like, oh my God, what am I going to do today? And just sort of push pixels around for an hour before you even type anything out. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what I've learned from you is just, like you said, the strategy stuff isn't always like the sexiest part of the process where you have to sit down and like actually really use your brain and think and um, brainstorm and, you know, make some decisions about the direction you're going to go in. But that stuff is so important. And once you've sort of laid that foundation down, it just like for me now, social media, now that I have a bit of an approach to it and I know um, kind of the things that I talk about on each account and the different types of posts, not that it's easy. I feel like social media is not easy, but I know what I'm doing when I sit down to work on it. And that is like, that's just a gift <laughs> when I think about the years that I've spent just every day sitting down and being like, uh, I should really post something. I have no idea what. So um, I would say just getting really thoughtful about it, whatever that looks like for you, will totally change your relationship with social media. Yeah, I completely agree. Let's start to transition a little bit. Um, since I've already had you on the podcast, we've gotten one recommendation for a book and one business you admire already, but I'm going to make you do it again. So um, let's start with the business you admire. What is one more business that you admire? I wonder what I said last time. You said breathwork. Oh my gosh. Damn. I'm too predictable. I was going to say another breathwork one. Okay. Well, you can well, say another breathwork one. Well, here we are. Um, another <laughs> Let me think of another business that I admire. Okay, I know. A business that I admire is The Leveraged Practice, which is a business run by my really good friend, Stephanie Claremont. And what she does is she helps health practitioners put together online programs, which I feel right now more than ever is so helpful. Um, and she does it in such a crystal clear way that it's just so cool to see the way that she transforms lives. And I'm so, I'm so friend proud of her. Um, she also has been like just such a good business friend for me that I have kind of instituted a rule where anything that Steph says, I just do it the first time because <laughs> she's given me so much advice in the past that, you know, six months to a year later, I said, Oh, I should have listened to Stephanie. And now I just know when she gives you advice, yeah. on business, you just take it the first time. Love. I will def we'll definitely link her in the show notes. 
What is a book that you would recommend? My book that I'm reading right now and that I'll probably be reading for a while because it is a doozy. It's a big one is Women Who Run With Wolves. Have you ever read that, Lauren? No, it's actually been on like my radar for a while, but I have not. I have not taken the plunge yet. Tell, Tell us about it. Oh, it's so good. I also, I bought this book probably at least 10 years ago and it's just been on my bookshelf. Like I've been low key avoiding eye contact with it. Everyone says how much <laughs> their lives, but I just like couldn't get myself to crack the cover because it seemed like such a big commitment. And is it uh, a big book? Oh, it's a big one. Yeah. It's kind of textbook style. Okay. Um, it's by a woman called Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She's a PhD and it is uh, myths and stories of the wild woman archetypes. So what she does is each chapter is a myth or story from a different culture about the wild woman archetype. So this actual story or myth is like mm, two, three pages long, very short. And then there's probably 30 pages of her analyzing it, which for me... I truly was living my best life in like seventh grade lit class. And so I'm really miss talking to people about books. This is just like, oh, it's everything. It's so good. And you don't have to read it all at once. I do just a little tiny bit um, each morning with my daughter sitting on my lap. And it's just been so fun to read. So for anyone avoiding eye contact this with this book, because it looks too long, go ahead and dive in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I actually I didn't really even know. I thought it was about sort of like connecting to your like inner wild, I guess. Um I don't think I really knew what it was about, so that sounds even better than I thought, and I'm definitely going to hit it up. Thank you for that recommendation. Mhm. Now, can you just share like what's new with you? What are you where can people find you? Where can they learn from you. What kind of, what do you have to offer people who might be interested in learning more about your work and maybe going a step further? Yeah, I am not surprisingly easiest to contact on Instagram. So if you're listening to this right now, I guess I don't have to say if you're listening because you are <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. Shoot me a DM. Uh, my handle is Mindful Social Co. And I do have a free workshop coming up that's going to be super action-packed and awesome. So if you're listening to this and you would like to attend that workshop, just shoot me a DM and tell me that you came from Making Good. Say Lauren is awesome in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> get you hooked up to join. And other than that, I'm just getting ready to um, take this membership into the next year and so excited about all that 2021 will hold. You know, it's time for a new year. <laughs> it is. Let's turn that page. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a PS, but I actually have one more question um, yeah. now that I've, it has occurred to me that this is coming out on December 8th. So the holidays are coming. It's kind of a wild time of year for most people. I I mean, and I don't even know what it will look like this year with just everything is different in 2020. So when it comes to social media or even just like business in general, what advice do you have for people to manage like the next, let's say three weeks, four weeks of their life, of their social media usage, of just like staying balanced and, um, you know, focusing on the right things? Um, when it comes to what is normally for many of us, like the wildest time of every year. Yes. It gets so crazy at the end of the year. 
if I, I mean, there's a million ideas, but to make it really actionable, I would say set up time before bed when you're not on your phone. Think of it as like you put a little kid down to bed at night, give your phone bedtime, (laughs) plug it into the charger downstairs. If your room is upstairs, put it in your bathroom cupboard. If you feel like you're going to be tempted to check it, give yourself that time to sort of relax, let your nervous system tune down so that you can get really good sleep. Sleep is the foundation of everything. And then also on the flip side of the coin in the morning, be sure to give yourself that at least half hour to an hour of time before you pick up your phone. The morning really sets the tone for your entire day. I know that's so annoying to say, but it's the truth. And you have the most connection to your inner genius in the morning before the whole world comes in and starts throwing things at you. There's really this like space in the morning where you can take a breath and listen to your brain for a little bit before it gets overstimulated. So if you can prioritize that, you don't have to be like wearing a white robe and chanting OM for three hours. But if you can just sit there and have your cup of coffee and stare at the wall without picking up your phone, that can be a really big gift to give to yourself. So I think that you know, we'll do our best during the day, but we can really set up for set ourselves up for success by gifting ourselves with good sleep, by letting our nervous system tune down in the evening before we go to bed, and then gift ourselves with that genius time in the morning to just be alone with our thoughts before all the other stuff comes flooding in. So good. Well, everyone, um, you already know I'm a huge fan of Chris. I am in her program, Mindful Social co or mindful social club, um, which is a accountability group, uh, strategy, social media strategy group. We sit down and like work on our posts together and, you know, you'll actually get them done. And there's, you know, all kinds of amazing components to this program trainings. Um, and Chris is just amazing at sort of like listening to what her audience wants and then actually doing something about it. And so it's just getting better and better all the time. Um, so I just want to say join if you're interested, if you need help with social media, she opens it up like occasionally. Um, so just connect with her, I guess, as she said, DM is a good way to be in touch with her. So yeah, um, let her know if you're interested. Oh yeah, I do. Um, you can get a discount. Is it Lauren or Lauren 10? I think it's Lauren 10. Lauren 10. You can get a discount if you join with my code, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N 10. Um, or like, don't use my code, whatever, just join. Cause it's great. Um, and yeah, Chris can answer all your questions about it, but Chris, thank you so much for coming back on and for giving the people what they want. Um, I think this is such a great, a sort of addition to our catalog of episodes that we're building together. Um, and I really hope people take your advice and kind of start to form a better relationship with social media. Mm, me too. We all deserve it. Okay. I can't even find the words for how good this episode is. Let's just leave it at whoa. You can find links and resources for th- from the episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 34. I know Chris and I would both love to hear from you. You can find Chris at Mindful Social Co. Tell her you came from Making Good and me at Making Good Podcast. And don't forget, if you're interested in her free workshop, December 14th and 15th, register for it at the link in her Instagram bio. 
If you're ever interested in joining Mindful Social Club, something that I am proudly a member of, feel free to use my code LAUREN10 for a discount on your first month. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.